Murdoch University, Alumni After Dark, powering your mind. Hello After Darkers and welcome to the fourth episode of Alumni After Dark and Happy New Year. I hope that you've all had a really great start to 2022. Uh, it is, what, mid-Jan now and I'm, I've actually stuck to all of my New Year's resolutions so far, so I'm feeling pretty good. And talking of resolutions, our next topic is taking on the challenge. So this audio is actually from a video that the alumni team organized last year um, and it hasn't been published yet. I've probably re-listened to this audio about three times because it is honestly so motivational. It's a really perfect episode to kick off 2022 uh, and I really hope that you find it as useful as I do. So without further ado, here it is. Hello everyone and welcome to Alumni After Dark. My name's Kelly and I am the host for today's panel event. Let's begin by acknowledging that here in Perth, Western Australia, we are hosting this event on Wajak Noongar Budjar, sovereign land that was never ceded. I pay my respects to the Wajak people of Noongar Nation and the traditional owners of this land, their elders past and present. And I express my sincere gratitude for the cultural, spiritual and environmental wisdom and learning that continues to be shared with us um, by Australia's First Nations peoples and Indigenous people globally. So thank you. I'm Kelly Parsons, Equity and Diversity Projects Team Leader here at Murdoch University. And today we're talking about taking on the challenge. To discuss this subject, I am joined by two brilliant Murdoch alumni. Claire Sieber is a professional career and leadership coach and founder of Eating Your Cake Too. Welcome, Claire. Thank you. Joining us online is Lisa Gittos from her base in Geneva, where she works in diplomacy for the Australian Permanent Mission to the United Nations. Thanks for joining us, Lisa. Thanks, Kelly, and hi, Claire. Hey, I feel like we're stepping into the new world right now, having this virtual element. This here, is so. the new world, absolutely. <laughs> Very exciting. And um, I'm going to get uh, the questions rolling with just uh, to both both Claire and Lisa. I'll start with you. Um, I'll start with you, Claire, um, to ask you um, about some of the greatest hurdles and barriers in your life or career that you've had to contend with, and how did you overcome these? Yeah, I love this question and. I took quite a bit of time to sit back and really reflect on, on my answer to it because I think, you know, the first thing that comes into my mind is overall, I, I, compared to other parts of the world and minority groups, I have been hugely blessed and I'm hugely grateful for that. I'm very aware of the opportunities that I have had. The, the key piece that came to mind was me, for me was this competence versus confidence piece. And, I do a lot of work uh, now, even with professional women and men around this piece. And, you know, you're brought up through the school system and you're learning, 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 learning and learning, in my opinion, should never stop. But a lot of the elements around that are building competence, building technical expertise. And while that is so important, we can have all the knowledge in the world. We can have all the um, you know, letters against our name and the certificates and all these things that are really important. But if we don't have the confidence to back ourselves mm -hmm. and to really be able to lean forward, then the world doesn't know what we're capable of. Mm -hmm. And we're not in a position to really be able to drive change. And so for me, if I think back to some of my biggest barriers, it was often that. It was often thinking, 
I, I don't know enough, I'm not old enough, I'm not experienced enough. If I just get this one more course done, then all of a sudden I'll have the credibility. And that was a really big barrier for me for quite some time that I really think prevented me from stepping into my authority and my knowledge and my credibility. And therefore the impact of that was keeping ideas off the table. Mm. Um, you know, holding back when there was something to say because I didn't back myself. And so even though I had the competence, I perhaps didn't have the confidence. So um, Lisa, uh, again, this posed the same question to you about hurdles or, or barriers in your personal life or career that you've had to contend and, and overcome. Thanks, Kelly. And actually listening to your answer, Claire, it, it's, it, I mean, the similarities between, between your answer and mine are, are quite sort of real to me. Um, I mean, I'd say here every day uh, there, there are little hurdles that, that we deal with in life. I mean, at the moment, it's for me the time zone with Canberra or being far away from my family, having a very, very vocal cat that I have to, you know, put away <laughs> just before, before a meeting starts so I don't become some sort of meme <laughs> on the internet um, when we transition to this idea of you know, doing UN negotiations from our living room and, and, and all of those little things sometimes you feel like, you know, you're running on top of the hurdles and, you know, you, you wonder how you're able to actually to manage all of that. Um, but, but when I look back and I reflect on, on one of the sort of more significant hurdles that I've had to overcome, it was that, that self-doubt and that, that sort of imposter syndrome of, am I good enough? Can I do this particular activity? You know, well, am I going to do this wrong? Uh, is this the right place for me? Um, and, and I generally think that, that women do doubt themselves more than, say, their male counterparts. Um, but if I think about the moments where I've had sort of the most personal growth, they've been those moments where, you know, I'm panicking and I'm thinking, can I do this? And I'm just about to take the floor in a negotiation or, or do something that, you know, is, is really pushing myself out of my comfort zone. But there's this really small moment when, when, when that happens where you move from, I don't think I can do this to I'm actually doing this. And, and now I really love those moments because it's when you have that, that small transition that says, okay, well, I, I've, I've put myself out there and I've stepped out of my comfort zone. That's, you know, that's what I think has helped me transition from the, the self-doubt to, you know, I'm actually doing this. Um, but, you know, if I, if I reflect on sort of the hurdles and challenges and barriers, I'd say that actually one of the things that I, I've, I've got to a point now where I look at the things that used to really daunt me and they're just sort of blips or they've been decision points that forced me to grow or, or junctions that made me really take a decision and think about what it is that I want and have to evaluate you know, what do I want to get out of the situation mm -hmm. and, and acknowledging that when that doubt creeps in that, you know, I've been here before, and and I can take that step. Um, so so yeah. So that's probably that. That would be my initial reflection. Thanks for that, Lisa. And I I, I really um, value that the the skill and the experience of of um, being able to self reflect. But I'm going to cross now to Claire. Um, Claire. Mm. I'm going to talk a little bit now about um, stretching yourself. And I think we've already touched on competency and confidence, etc. I've done my research and I see that you are very comfortable with being uncomfortable and it's something you ask others to consider. But my question now relates to vulnerability, um, which apparently uh, if you 
fellow Brené Brown, that should be considered a strength rather than a weakness. Mm -hmm. So I'll put it to you. Uh, can you describe a time when you failed and what you learnt from that experience? In other words, if I knew then what I know now, yeah. how would you do things differently? Yeah. I mean, in terms of like how many times I've failed, this is a sweet selection of options to choose from. From a career context, the biggest example that I think of um, going back to where, you know, in, in the new role, I'm 26 years old, multi, multi-million dollar company that I'm now responsible for growing an entire people and culture function for, tripling the business in size, doubling it in revenue. Um, I didn't ask for help. I didn't ask for help. I thought that I, the expectation of me was that I had to have all the answers. And I thought that if I said, I don't know that that would, that that would be the failure. Mm -hmm. Whereas what I know now is that you fail when you don't ask for help. Mm. And when you put pressure on yourself to think that you have to have all the answers to everything all the time, and then therefore more often than not you panic and you come up with an answer that's usually incorrect or it's not the best outcome, you end up then creating a bigger problem for yourself and almost a double failing because then, then you've got to go back and rectify that as well as then go back and say, actually, I just didn't know. And so for me, you know, full vulnerability, full honesty, the biggest thing, biggest failing for me was actually just not having the courage to say, I don't know, I don't know, but I will find out. And it's so interesting. We talk about, you know, Brene Brown and we talk, and there is millions and millions of dollars being invested into leadership development all over the world right now, mm. educating and empowering leaders to be more emotionally intelligent, to be more vulnerable. And you know, the definition of vulnerability is essentially putting yourself out on the table when you don't know what you're going to get in return. Mm. And we're, we're, you know, after 80s and 90s kind of don't management style, don't show any feelings, don't be who you really are, you must have all the answers. It's like we're now trying to do a total backflip on that and educate leaders that it's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to say to somebody who reports into you, who technically in the hierarchy is more junior, it's okay to say, I don't know, what do you think? And that for me is one of the biggest, mm. biggest lessons for me and probably one of the things that I failed at for the first two years out of the six years that I was in that role for, I failed at that and I missed opportunities because of it, mm. most definitely. That's interesting because I know that there's also the argument that um, in being vulnerable as a, a, a leader, you actually connect more with your staff or your team yeah. um, because they see you are actually human. Um, I'm also going to pick up on the, the notion of taking risks, mm. asking for help knowing who to go to, who your resources are, um, and, and how that is absolutely um, a strength. Because if you um, can acknowledge that you don't have all the answers or that a project or a, um, a particular critical matter is um, in jeopardy, then you are actually showing fantastic manage management skills by bringing that to someone's attention rather than going, oh gosh, I hope I don't get caught out here. So thank you for that reminder. I'm going to take that one home with me tonight. Okay, so the next question I have is, uh, I'll put it to both of you. I mean, I've been so inspired hearing from, from your experience 
experiences and your your advice, etc. Here, I've got a, a long list to take home, um, and I'm sure. Um, our viewers, our listeners would also like to hear a bit more about who who um, are some of the trailblazers, I suppose, that have paved the way for, for your journey. And also, how do you see yourself carrying that mantle forward, um, paving the way for others following in your footsteps? I might start with you, Claire, if that's yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. For me, the, there were two, I guess, people that really came to my mind around trailblazers. And the first, is, the first is Jacinda Ardern. For me, and the, the reason I feel that way is really around the style of her leadership. Like I'm a, I'm a feeler. I'm a feeler. I, I feel deeply. I care intensively. I am a sensitive soul. And I just believe that, hence eating your cake too, and that's where my own, own business come from, but I don't believe that it has to be one or the other when it comes to leadership, I believe that it can be both. I believe that you can genuinely care about people and still get a result. I believe that you can still ha make, make profits, you know, and bring people along for the ride through purpose. I, and I think that to me, she has normalized the concept of this and she has brought it um, out on a global scale so eloquently and so well where, you know, now we've got people like myself who look to her and go, thank you, because she's just really brought it, brought it out that you don't, you can be a leader, you can be an amazing leader and still genuinely care about people mm -hmm. and care about their lives and their families and what gets them up in the morning. And I just love that because to me, she's paving the way for all of the things that I value and, and how I model myself, my business, my own leadership. And so that was the first one. And the second one, and this is totally cliche, I own it. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I ha actually have to say my, my mum and I have to say even the, the girl gang that I grew up with, um, a lot of the mums are, were business owners. And so I've been brought up in an environment where that's just what I know. And I've been brought up in an environment where, you know, my mum and my, my dad, but my mum and dad ran a business and it was structured around life and they worked insanely hard, but they structured it in such a way that they were able to do what they wanted to do when they when they wanted to do it and they're able to be there for myself and my brother and 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 for me that you know I've had people make comments before around oh but you know like your mum and dad ran a business so were they really were they really there what did you miss out on and I'm just like up no way I look at my I look at my mum and I'm so inspired by the message that it sent to me totally unconsciously at the time but I look back now and the message that I took from that was like you can do both you can have children and you can have a career. And, and I've got you know, numerous examples of that with my mum, with, with um, other family friends that also run businesses and they've, they've raised these strong, independent, courageous women who believe that they can do it too because they've seen it. And what you, what is this, what you see, you can be. Mm -hmm. and, and so that for me, even though it you know, is a bit cliche, I, I just Absolutely. I have to say it because I think it's a large part of the reason why I run my own business now because I've seen it and mm. I admire it and I'm inspired by it and it's been the trailblazer to get me to where I am. I'm sure your mum must be Hi, very mom. proud. <laughs> <laughs> Gorgeous. And actually on that, um, I don't know if uh, many here followed the Olympics recently, this little event that was happening over in... Tokyo a couple of weeks ago. Um, did you see the uh, event of the two male high jumpers? 
I Speaking, cried. I know, I weeped. I <laughs> weeped for the winners, for the loot, everybody. I, weep, I was weeping daily. There was the, uh, for those that hadn't seen it, the instance of the um, male high jumpers, a guy from Qatari, a Qatari guy from, and an Italian guy, and they were vying for the gold medal. And they got to a point where neither of them could pass the next level. I think it was like two metres and 37 centimetres or something. And um, the official came over and said, um, well, I'm sorry, we now have to go into a jump off in order to determine who is the best, who is better than the other. And at this point, these, these two fierce competitors, but apparently good um, friends, uh, looked at each other and the Qatari guy said to the official, well, is there an opportunity to not do the jump off and we both win? And the official said that is absolutely within the rules, um, so long as you both agree. At which point the Italian burst into tears <laughs> and they're both jumping up and down, hugging each other. And I thought, and I know it's quite controversial because there's a school of thought that thinks, you know, the, there must be one winner at this level of, of um, elite athleticism. But I thought, wow, this is an example of not having to be better than putting one person losing to, for, for another person to win. And I thought that was really, really, really powerful. Did you see that at all, Lisa? Yeah, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed uh, Olympic addict and I have spent a lot of the last two weeks watching the Olympics and, and owing to the time difference being mildly sleep-deprived in the process um, and now I feel there is a, a great hole that has been ripped from my life uh, as, <laughs> as the Olympics has concluded. But yes, I, I can say that I did watch that entire thing um, and yeah, I, um, I certainly had the, the same sentiments. It was, it, was, it was a pretty special thing to watch. Absolutely. And um, so I'm going to jump back to Claire because I was wondering, you know, the second part of the question, always like my two part questions here, double bangers, um, before I go to you, Lisa. So you are now carrying the mantle forward for others. How, how do you see you taking that role, whether it's for, you know, um, your, your clients, yeah. family members, etc. Yeah. For me, it's about how can I continue to pay it forward? And how can I share the lessons that I've learned and help other women learn them much quicker than what I did? And I, and I think, you know, one of the things that I am the most proud of, and I shared the article with you, um, which just came out today in Business News around a, a program that myself and another wonderful woman, WA woman by the name of Karen Dennett, have brought to life called, and it's called Be the Difference um, Future Women Program. And we're in the pilot stage at the moment. We've got some incredible WA high school girls going through the program and some amazing organizations that have sponsored it and the program really seeks to close the gap in in a lot of the life skills that we've been talking about today but combining them with uh, a UN sustainability goal and the girls that go through this program they pick a UN sustainability goal that is you know resonates the most with them they turn that into a social enterprise project and they bring that to life with the help of amazing mentors from organizations we've got you know, tutorial experts teaching them things around money management and networking and personal branding and, um, you know, finance, critical thinking, problem solving, all of these skills that we all know we need when we kind of hit the ground running in business, but they're often the things that are sometimes missed. Mm. And so that for me is um, a real passion project. It's something we've been able to bring to life and that is my way of 
paying how, it forward. How timely <laughs> that this, this, this article has come yeah. out today too. So keep your eye out for that. Um, okay, over to you, Lisa. Some trailblazers, role models in your life that have paved the way for your journey. Thanks, Kelly. And I find with these things sometimes going second can be mildly problematic when, when you seem to have very similar sentiments about, about people that, that, that you both respect and, and admire. Um, and I, I would certainly echo the comments in, in relation to the leadership style of, of Jacinda Ardern and, and what she's really sort of put on display as something that really should be sort of, uh, you know, seen as a, a really good standard of how to, you know, expose your vulnerability, but also, you know, that, 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 that doesn't lessen your capacity as a leader in any way. Um, and I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm sure that at some point my, my parents will in, endure this, this recording um, just by, by virtue of being my parents. And, and I mean, it would, it, would, it would be remiss of me not to say that, I mean, I, my parents and I have had completely different sort of trajectories in, in what we've done with our lives. But I've always had two parents who've been incredibly supportive of, of you know, they, they never would tell me what to do. Um, and I think there was plenty of times where I just wanted them to give me the answer, but they refused to give me the answer. Um, and they, they let me step out and, and try things and fail, um, but knowing that that was a necessary part of figuring out what it is that I wanted to do. Um, but at the same time, I would say that, you know, I have two, two parents who are one incredibly sort of disciplined and two very hardworking, both of whom have sort of completed Ironman and, you know, been long-term sort of triathletes, which I can say the apple falls very far from the tree in that sense. This is not a pursuit that I ever plan on, 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 on um, achieving myself. Um, but, you know, I look at my parents who are sort of now in, in their sort of 60s and 70s who, you know, continue to, to try new things. And, to, you know, my mum my just joined some a local... I think it's um, a local ukulele group because she's decided that this is just something that she would like to do and that she wants to put herself out there and learn a new thing with a new group of people to build a sense of community. And whether it's a sort of a small task of, of joining a ukulele group, the same things apply. That is, you know, you've got to go out there, you've got to try new things and, and be willing to, to, to be embarrassed or to, to do something wrong or to, to walk into a room and not know anybody if you want to get somewhere, like those are things that you have to do. And you'll find a lot of people that are willing to sort of take that step with you. Um, many of whom are nervous at the thought of it, but when, when you do it, I think, you know, the theme through this whole conversation is that when you take the step and you realize, oh, I can actually do this, that is just, you know, it continues to be a, one of the greatest feelings I find um, in, in any forum, whether that's social, personal, um, professional, um, but but to, to just take a step back and sort of come back to this this idea of sort of trailblazers. I mean, I I've been really fortunate over the course of my career. I mean, working in climate change, uh, you know, something that I'm really really passionate about. I think oh, you know, every day I was meeting people who were brave enough to to go out on their own and do something that hadn't been done before. That you know, were incredibly innovative. Um, and I think that's that you know that was very humbling for me as someone who has you know generally sort of spent the majority of my career sort of employed in, in a relatively sort of secure sort of safe trajectory to see people doing something different to what I'm doing and taking those risks in a different way um, has been something that I admire but I mean the, the other thing that I would say that you know again is, is, is such a 
uh, a blessing in in my in my current job is I mean, I just absolutely love watching formidable women take the floor in a negotiation and seeing them, you know, actually build consensus and bring people together and watching them work behind the scenes to, to build that consensus and knowing just how much work that takes. And, they, you know, they come across as, you know, polished individuals and you think, my, I just I want to be able to do that one day. But knowing that all of the work that has, that goes into to that that you know that 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 piece where they press the button and they get on the microphone and they present themselves that that didn't just happen that that took a lot of a lot of work to get there and and seeing the skills and, and qualities in them that I aspire to have um, is something that I mean that's one of the reasons I love my job and I get to getting to see that every day is is a is a super cool thing. I think I can predict a bit of a collaboration happening here at some point and <laughs> this powerhouse duo is going to take over the world one day with your your vision and your values and your experience and your enthusiasm and I, I hope I'm, I'm around to see it and I I love that you have both um, recognized Jacinda Ardern and she uh, her name came up at a workshop actually where um, at Murdoch University when the uh, Chancellor went to staff uh, with a series of workshops asking what sort of characteristics would we like to see in a future Vice-Chancellor for Murdoch University and we had to enter uh, you know some details onto a, a Mentimeter, um, yeah, interactive Mentimeter on screen and someone put in Jacinda Ardern's name and it came up um, on the screen. That's, that's the sort of person we would like to see um, here at Murdoch University. So it's lovely to see how that's shared with other alumni here at Murdoch. So um, I'm gonna say thank you so much to our two panel members, um, but any closing remarks to share with our viewers, our listeners today, perhaps around you know, how they can turn some challenges and some hurdles, hurdles into stepping stones moving forward in line with our theme of taking the challenge. Um, Lisa, like Lisa, I'll start with you time. first, yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Super. Um, look, I mean, thanks so much for, for, for having me on today. I mean, honestly, actually answering the questions myself and reflecting on, on my own journey and, and, and where I've sort of come from to, to, to get myself here has been a, a really great exercise for myself as has sort of meeting yourself, Claire and Kelly um, and Sam, who sort of pulled us all together. But I guess, I mean, the, the one thing that I continue to sort of come back to is the need for for, for women and, and for anyone who's, you know, doing something for the first time to back themselves and and to know that, you know, it, it's not always going to work out, um, but but you've got to back yourself and you've got to take that that first step um, into the unknown. And and if it doesn't work out, so be it. It'll, it'll make a great story later and you might find yourself sitting on some type of, you know, video cast alumni after dark event reflecting on that many years from now. But yeah, I would just say that, you know, you've got to, you've got to give everything a shot and, and put yourself out there um, and know that, again, you know, if it doesn't work out, it, it will create a great story in the future and, and, and you'll meet some interesting people along the way in doing that and, and exposing your vulnerability in doing so. Great, and, and build your bank of failures and learn from that. Mm. How about you, Claire, any parting remarks? Yeah. Uh, I think just thank you for having me firstly. I think back to my time at Murdoch and not only now do I feel a little old, <laughs> but I think 
just this whole opportunity even to step back and self-reflect, um, you know, like Lisa was saying, has been incredible. And the, I think the biggest piece of advice I would leave people with is, is you know, similar again, it's not, it's not if I fail, you will fail. You will, you will. And if you're not, again, are we really pushing ourselves enough? So it just comes back to how can we continue to, to take the learnings from the failure and just keep building on those? Because we, this is how we learn and grow. I mean, we didn't, when we fell off the bike when we were little, when we were learning how to ride, when we got straight back up, when we fell over when we were learning how to walk, we got straight back up. So we've got so much evidence already that we have failed before, but we've grown from that and we've built a really solid base to keep learning and growing. And so just don't, don't let that fear of failure be the thing that holds you back because you're gonna miss out on so much before you've even given yourself a chance to be in the game. Great, great advice. And thank you so much. I'm gonna reflect more on my failures and how I can embrace them more in the future going forward. So please join me in thanking our panel members today, Claire Sieber and Lisa Gitos. You've provided some really valuable insights and advice that I hope um, our, our viewers, our listeners um, and younger alumni can embrace moving forward. Um, I've, I'm not even the young alumni. I am alumni at Murdoch, but um, I have got learned a lot from it. So thank you very much. I hope that you all enjoyed that as much as I do. Um, I think that every time I listen to it, I learn something new. So it's definitely a great one to have in your back pocket and what inspirational women um, the panelists are. I mean, Claire Sieber, Lisa Gedos, Kelly Parsons, thank you so much for coming in um, last year to talk to us about taking on the challenge. If you would like to follow any of our panelists online, their LinkedIn is in the description section of this episode. We also have a link to Claire Sieber's podcast. She just started one last year, which is awesome. So definitely go check that out. If you have any feedback, suggestions, or would like to be a speaker on Alumni After Dark, just email alumni at murdoch.edu.au and don't forget to follow the podcast. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.